This CKNW podcast for AIM Medical Imaging, home of AIM Medical Imaging full body MRI scanning. A family history of medical issues is nothing to ignore. Book a preventative screening at aimmedicalimaging.com. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today with Andy Barrar and Graham Williams. Got uh, a cool show today for you. Of course, we'll be going open line later in the hour, taking your calls and questions. So if you've got any uh, tech problems, we can help you with that. Or buying advice. Buying advice. That's the big thing here for uh, the Christmas season. So many cool things out there, you know, as far as technology this year. I'm pretty excited, uh, you know, with the whole Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Did you guys do anything? I didn't, but I was looking online. There's some great deals. Like, you, you're smart. You went and bought a TV online. Like, yeah. that's free shipping. Like, you, that's amazing. Oh, I know. It's amazing, like, what they can do now and get all the stuff to your house within, like, a matter of days. Yeah. Did it come? Is it already rocked? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm living the dream. I'm, uh, I'm big on the activity monitors right now, so I'm, I'm bristling with these things. I've got a Nike Fuel Band, a Fitbit Flex, and this uh, this Shine oh, thing from Misfits. Yeah, yeah the Shine. How is tell it? Us, tell us what these things are. So, so these things, basically, they track everything that you do because they've got accelerometers in them, and they, they sort of uh, measure the motion that you go through every day. They've all got smart apps. So I've got three apps on my phone right now, and they kind of track uh, you know if I'm running, if I'm walking. Uh, I can tell it when I'm his, lifting His battery weights. lasts about an hour on his phone now. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, I, I've been testing these three three out, and they're all pretty cool. The shine's very neat, though. It's like this little shine. It's yeah. called the shine. Yeah, it's this little quarter sized disc. Looks like one of those little copper bracelets. Yeah, and you just yeah. kind of you just you tap it, and this little LED display lights up on it because it just looks like this little metal disc on your wrist. What's it measuring? It's measuring. Um, well, it's got, got the time on it, so it's a watch. Wow. But it measures how many steps you take. Wa- watch. A, a watch. Yeah, people okay. used to wear them on their wrist until time before they had phones. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about those. Okay, sorry. So what is it measuring? It, it's uh, basically like a pedometer, right? So okay. the uh, the more you walk, the more points you get, and all these things have their own little point system. And you're, you're looking to hit a goal for the day so that you burn a certain amount of calories. And uh, all, all the apps will do uh, do that sort of tracking. Fitbit does um, nutrition tracking as well, so you can tell it. I just had a Big Mac, and it will tell you you're going to need to be walking for another couple of hours. So. <laughs> oh, so. I don't know if I can have these things on me. Yeah, well. You don't want to know, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so speaking of wearable tech, uh, this is something I talked to Jill Bennett about this morning on her show. Um, a uh, a team from the University of Rochester and uh, Microsoft's uh, vis- Visualization and Interaction Research Group uh, d- have developed this new bra for women uh, that has sensors in it that can uh, help women and tell them when to stop overeating. This... Sexist? This, this, is, this is pretty interesting. I just like the fact that we have three grown men talking about a bra, a high-tech bra. A high-tech bra. You'll notice I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> just oh, we're going to get jokes. your opinion here in a second, Graham. So this thing actually has sensors built all through the, the two cups uh, in front of uh, the sternum. And I guess the, the reason why it works well is because, obviously, you know, bras are right next to the, you know, the chest, the heart. So it's like a mini EKG, yes. essentially, and can measure all sorts of different activities going on and then those activities get relayed to your smartphone yep. into an app so you can get some you know feedback from don't don't eat that fettuccine <laughs> is that you know i don't know how that comes up it's funny because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about a bra that was tweeting so now you're gonna get a bra that tweets and tells you to stop eating we need one with a camera time. built in so you can instagram all at the same <laughs> oh, time come on. Uh, <laughs> really your food and send it out it'll be fantastic so uh a few hurdles to overcome right now the battery life mm-hmm you have to have batteries in this thing. Where do the batteries go? That's a good point. So they only last about three to four hours there, before you have to stick your bra back in to recharge. Bra charge. 
brush. Is it, is it, is it USB? No, it uses. No, Bluetooth. I didn't research it that deeply. I just I, <laughs> it was more of a surface level research. But um, it's interesting. It's the whole wearable technology thing, and I think this this area is going to explode over the next five to ten years. I, lo- I love the idea. It's absolutely brilliant. And I mean, the fact that they've gone with a bra as the first. Uh, sort of technology for it, uh, you know, I, I get it. Like like you said, it, it sort of fits where you're going to be measuring things, so that makes a lot of sense. I, I think, um, you know, down the road, are we going to be wearing smart shirts? Yep. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where they say that um, defibrillators, everybody should be trained on a defibrillator because it's one of the, the most life-saving devices out there, uh, the most efficient. Um, you know, what if you had a shirt that would, was able to tell you, you're about to have a coronary? Yeah. What if you had a shirt that could actually be the defibrillator? That would be dangerous. It would be awesome. Yeah, because you could hack someone's shirt and then... I think 2014 will be like the year of wearable tech. We're going to see a lot of different types of products like that, and they're all going to work with our smartphones. And it's all because of Bluetooth. You know, it's gotten so good. They're using uh, like low-energy Bluetooth now Mm -hmm. that can relay all this data into our phones. Imagine what it's going to do to the medical field when you can say you have diabetes and your blood sugar is being analyzed and relayed straight to your doctor right away. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, that's cool. It, yes. So Bluetooth 4.1 is the next generation of Bluetooth, and they're, they're kind of gearing up for this Internet of Things over the next little while. And I think, like you said, this is going to be a, a big year for it. Yeah. Also in the news, uh, big time, is the um, Amazon drones. So uh, Jeff Bezos, he's the founder and CEO of Amazon, one of the biggest online retailers in the world. Um, very clever PR move, basically announced that Amazon is developing Drone technology. We've heard of drones. The U.S. military uses these things like crazy, um, you know, overseas. I think they're using them in the U.S. now, mm-hmm. clandestinely. Uh, but now Amazon has announced that uh, in the future they will be delivering your packages with these little helicopter drones to get your stuff to you within 30 minutes. Brilliant. Did, did you see brilliant. these things? Yes, I saw it. It's it's hilarious. I, I want to a... see them take uh, drop your TV off in a drone. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did say uh, just up to five pounds, yeah. right, which is apparently 86% of what it is that they sell, yeah. books and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, within, uh, within a 10-mile radius around their distribution centers, they will be able to deliver in 30 minutes. Yeah. Or it's free, apparently. Um, that, to me, is absolutely Phenomenal. I, I, I welcome this. I think it's incredibly cool. Um, you know, I, I, I fear for cats everywhere going after these octocopters. You know, they'll, they'll learn quickly. I, I got I to gotta be honest. I don't see this happening in the next 10 years, realistically. And I'll tell you why, especially in the U.S. Like, everyone's got guns down there. <laughs> you can't tell me that people aren't going to be trying to pick these things out of the sky. If I was eight years old... Like when I was eight years old, I used to have a slingshot. If I was eight again, I and I saw a drone, I'm gonna grab my slingshot and I'm gonna try to take it down. You'd be able to, you know, like the ones I saw. I mean, they they're obviously a little more robust than mm-hmm. regular little helicopter things, but you, I mean, you could take one of these things down. Yeah, you hit it with a football or something if you're that good, or a slingshot. Yeah, there's a, there's a Canadian company uh, based out of I think it's Toronto called Brycan, and they actually make a lot of drone tech. So I'm wondering, you know, is there is there a Canadian angle down the road here where we could see uh, some development come out, come out of our country for something cool like this? I, I'm still having a hard time with this. Like, is the technology that advanced? Yes, in the future it will be, but I just don't know in the next 10 years will it be advanced enough to have these things, you know, hundreds if not thousands of these things flying in the air. Like, what happens if these things just fail? They're going to drop out of the sky. Five pounds right on your head. Yeah, like you're dead. Like you get hit <laughs> by a drone, you're dead. You know what the most impressive part about this was? 
that Jeff Bezos convinced CBS to run a 15-minute commercial for Amazon right before Cyber Monday. Oh, it was brilliant, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. And no. I, you know, you can go up to Amazon, um, the YouTube channel, and they've got like a video of this thing. Yeah, it's cute. But there's a lot of logistics that need to be. You yeah, know, and I don't want to poo-poo on this because I love technology and I want it to work. There's no question, but I I just don't see this realistically. Like he's saying in the next five years. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this will. It, it's kind of cool. It's it makes for great conversations and stuff, but I don't actually think I'm going to be because I've flown these little remote controlled helicopters, and I know this thing's way more advanced, but. Just with that helicopter, little remote control helicopter, trees and yeah. wind and people. rain and people. Slingshots. Slingshots. <laughs> yeah, you. If you're listening, uh, we, we, we doubt your vision. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back later on the hour, we'll be taking your calls and questions on any tech subjects. Next up, we'll be talking about projectors. Have you been thinking about a large screen TV for the holiday season? Why not a projector? These things are amazing now. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo in studio here today with Andy Brar and also Graham Williams. Don't forget, in a little bit here, we will be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. So get your uh, dialing fingers ready. Holiday season, great time for uh, buying technology. All the latest, greatest stuff is out, many times on sale as well. A big uh, item, as always, televisions. Yep. Everyone wants a, a big screen TV. Uh, you know, the 42 and 50 inch TVs, so cheap now. Mm-hmm. You can get these things under 500 bucks, like the 42 inch. They're being included with, with some breakfast cereals. I, I think so. It's, it's uh... crazy. <laughs> so now, you know, we're looking at 60 and 70 inch, 80 inch. When you start getting past 60, like 70 and up, it's it's getting expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Another way to go are projectors. Not everyone always considers uh, these, but the uh, the quality on, you know, the uh, high-definition projectors now is simply phenomenal. It's life-changing. Like, it's so good. It's life-changing. It's, it's seriously, as you sit there and you've got a 100-inch screen in front of you and you think, this is slightly ridiculous, but I'm okay with it. I got to say, projectors and gaming is like cereal and milk. It's the best thing ever. Did you just do that? Cereal and milk? (laughs) You're hilarious. Well, on the line right now, we've uh, got our friend Jason Palmer. He's uh, over at Epson. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So we're talking projectors. Why should someone look at a projector over going to like a a 70 or an 80-inch flat screen television? Um, there's a variety of reasons. I think the biggest reason is size. I mean, it really is a, a very different experience. Um, life-changing, good, good word. I mean, I, I, I uh, it, it's, it's to get it put into perspective. We talk about 50-inch flat panels. A hundred-inch movie screen is four times the size of a 50-inch flat panel because we're talking about diagonal size. So the actual surface area you could throw four 50-inch flat panels in there. And, it, and frankly, that's really where they start. I mean, you can get as big as 120, 150 inches. The Epson projectors are rated actually up to 300 inches, which is kind of ridiculous for an in, inside the house, but for things like backyard movie night or at a campsite or, you know, the side of your house for Christmas, I, I project a huge image of Santa Claus and stuff. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with them. So the biggest reason is size, um, but there are a variety of other things that make them a great option um, in many cases in, in lieu of TV. 
I'm sad now. I just bought a 50-inch TV. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that is, that's pathetic. I'm afraid I'm going to call it pathetic. So, no, I'm just oh, no, no problem. Um, so I think a lot of people think projectors and image quality, brightness, is not going to be as, as good as a, a flat-screen TV. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's not true anymore. I mean, I would say that, frankly, that was probably true a number of years ago, um, particularly when you're blowing things up to really large sizes back before the age of high definition. Um, you know, the image, the bigger it was, the, it didn't quite look as good. And then also these projectors a long time ago weren't very bright. You know, even five years ago, they were, you know, somewhere in the area of like 900 lumens, lumens being the measurement for brightness on a projector, white and color lumens. But... Um, Nowadays, you know, they average out somewhere in the 2,000 lumen range, and there are ones that are even, you know, upwards of 2,500 lumens and 3,000 lumens. So they are um, significantly brighter than they used to be, and because of 720p and 1080p content and resolution, now you have the bigger the image, the more spectacular it looks. So you don't really need... Um, a totally controlled dark environment anymore like you used to. Um, I mean, in a totally controlled dark environment, they look incredible. Like, it looks, it looks like being in a movie theater. Um, in a room with some ambient light in it, whether it be a window or certainly a lot of light um, from lamps and stuff, you can get a pretty spectacular image and still have a good amount of light so you can carry on conversations and do your thing and, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing that day. So it's, it's really a difference of technology and sort of innovation. The last five years have been incredible changes in, in, in front projection. Jason, there's a, a common misperception out there, I think, when people think about projectors. They, they always worry that the bulbs are going to die. How many hours can you get on, on one of these brand-new uh, projectors? Around 5,000 hours is a good bet for the majority of, of uh, projectors, or at least Epson projectors. Some, some projectors may be as low as 4,000 hours, and some may as many as 6,000, but it's a, it's, it's a lot. I mean, to put it into perspective, you know, when we look at the average usage of a TV or a projector in a given day, you're probably talking about six or seven years before anybody would have to worry about changing out a, a lamp. And the lamps are significantly less expensive than they used to be. I mean, the, there's a couple of Epson projectors now that have lamp costs as low as $99, and then, um, and then other ones that may be $199. But that expense doesn't come for, you know, f again, five, six, seven years down the road. Um, so it's not nearly the concern it used to be. I think it was a valid concern at one point, but it's been a number of years since that's been something that should be a major factor, I think, in the decision. So, Jason, uh a few years ago, there was sort of an issue with projectors where you would see this sort of rainbow shine when you were looking at it. Now, I've, I've heard that Epson's doing something about that. There's a new technology that you're using in the projector, uh, 3LCD. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so 3LCD is a, is a technology that Epson has a, a, a patent on, although many manufacturers use 3LCD. Um, the one I think you're, the rainbow effect that you're referring to may be something that was associated um, in some points with another technology. Um, 3LCD doesn't have, the reason that sometimes might occur, I mean, it's not all the time, but why it might occur in, in certain technologies is there's, a, there's a, um, a wheel in some of the other projectors that project different colors, red, green, blue, sometimes red, green, blue, white, and it spins really fast. And that, that story about rainbow effects came out, I think, as a result in, in part of the fact that it's not full-time color from that wheel. You're just seeing uh, bits of each color very fast, and usually it projects you know, a very nice image. 3LCD has 
full-time color all the time. So the red, the green, and blue are coming out at the same time. So there's no risk of rainbow effect on a three LCD uh, projector, whether it be from Epson or anybody else that, that, that has an LCD technology in their projector. What kind of pricing are we looking at uh, for some of the Epson projectors now? Oh, they really vary. I mean, we have projectors as low as, you know, $400 and as much as, uh, you know, $3,000. Um, the the general price range probably in the $1 to $2,000 range for a 1080p uh, projector. And, uh, you know, if you add a screen, I would say you could get a pretty amazing 1080p image, very bright, could be used in a lot of different environments. Um for and, and include a screen that's maybe 120 inches, which again maybe somewhere in the area of about seven times that 50-inch flat panel that you bought, um, and that would probably cost you about 1,500 bucks for, for all in. I'm going to return my 50-inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show to talk about all this, uh, Jason. Where can people find out more information about the different types of projectors? Uh, well, certainly you can go to Epson.com. I mean, Epson makes a whole range of projectors, um, and you can learn a lot. We have a lot of information on there, um, or, or Epson.ca, um, to, to learn a lot of information about uh, a variety of different types of projectors, again, ranging from t- projectors you would put in a dedicated theater room to projectors that you might use at a, uh, in, a, in a living room environment and then bring out to a campsite or to a backyard movie night on a, on a, summer, a nice summer day. So there's a whole variety of different options on there, and you can learn a lot just by kind of perusing the web. Thanks again for joining us, Jason. Absolutely, guys. That was Jason Palmer, marketing manager over at Epson, talking about projectors, uh, 120 inches. It's just amazing. I've I tried one at my house, and like the farther you can go back, the bigger you can get it, 135 inches. Full HD, 1080p. And the brightness? Oh, it's amazing. I just, I don't know how they can make it 1080p from a, from a, like a lamp like that. So I actually swapped out an old Epson EX7200 for the new 2030, and I actually had to turn the brightness down because it was that incredibly crisp and clear. It went from, I went from 720 to 1080, and it's just, it's phenomenal. We're opening up the phone lines. We're going open line in the last half. 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. You heard the man. It's open line. We want to talk to you here on Get Connected. Mike Agarbo with Andy Barrar, Graham Williams. The phone line, 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning uh, anywhere else in Canada, we want to hear from uh, our Alberta friends there. I'm sure you need something to do. You're probably snowed in right now. It's cold. Minus 30 there. Um, I feel for you. Uh, 1-877-399-9898. So funny here. It gets like minus three and everyone's like dying. I know. We're all dying. So cold. And like our our Alberta friends there, it's like minus 30. They're like, suck it up. Exactly. (laughs) Going to jump here to Brad and Langley. Hey, Brad. Hey there. Yeah. So my question is I... Was renting out my basement. I got it back. I've got two kind of big rooms down there. One that's kind of a really dark, long room, and then I've got another room that's more social. And I impulse bought uh, a nice projector, 1080p, and a 88-inch screen off Craigslist, and set, rigged it up, and it looked really good. But you had to have it pretty dark. And then I had um, this the, um, this company that I know pretty well that was going to do some wiring for me come by, and they talked me out of it. 
and they just said, you know, you have to be in a dark room all the time. You can't see your your popcorn or your game controllers. And he he convinced me to resell it and think about getting like a an 80 inch TV to mount on the wall because then you could use it in bright and dark atmospheres. But listening to your last segment, it sounds like like newer projectors because I think this projector was like four or five years old. Um, maybe are bright enough that you could use them because. I don't want to sit in pitch black trying to play a video game, or but at the same time, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, uh, my friend uh, just got one of those new Epson projectors. I think more, I forget the model number, but the higher end one, the 3D one. And he's he's a guy that used to spend like fifteen thousand dollars on these like high end projectors. And I think this newest one was twenty five hundred dollars or something. And he's he, every day he just tells me, Mike. My life has changed. This thing is just freaking amazing. The 3D on it is amazing, and the brightness is incredible. And I, I know, Andy, you've tried some of these new ones. Yeah, and I tried it in a, in a room that coming into it, and I was amazed. I actually – I'm on the gram side here. It was actually too bright where really? it was like, whoa. You know, yeah, because like, I've been to your place, and uh, you've got, like, windows. That, and Exactly, and I couldn't believe just how bright project – and, like – 720p was amazing when I when they came up with projectors like that. Now 1080p, so you could stream Netflix in full HD, you know, streaming, go right to the projector and right onto your TV or right onto your wall. You don't even need the actual screen. If you have a white wall, it'll work fine. Screen, screen's good though. But a screen is if you yeah. can put it in, definitely do it. Graham, I, I'm just gonna say that Assassin's Creed Four takes place in the Caribbean, and it was like being in the Caribbean when I had this thing running. It was absolutely... But brightness, like you live in an apartment, yep. like a condo, Yep. and did you have any problems with brightness? None whatsoever. It's one of those things where, one of the things that you're going to need to look at right about now is the brightness, not just for color, which is usually what's uh, advertised, but also for white levels. And you'll see those two things measured separately on good projectors. Anything over 2,000 lumens is going to knock your socks off, and you will be able to use in a brightly lit room. And, and those Epson ones are, are pretty amazing. And my recommendation, if you do go the projector route, mount it on the wall. Get it like nice and high, on out the of ceiling. the way, yeah, on yeah. the ceiling, and you should be good to go because um, it's, it's actually really – it generates a lot of heat, believe it or not. That's one thing you'll find between data projectors and home theater projectors. They tend to they, – they will still run hot, but they run a little bit quieter. Yeah. Um, so okay, yeah. That's why you don't want to get the, the, the cheapy $300 projector that's designed for PowerPoint. Response time on it isn't as good, and it's also going to be quite noisy. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the prize, actually. I forgot to mention the prize earlier. We are going to be giving away an Epson projector. It's the 2030. It does 2D and, believe it or not, 3D as well. This is fantastic. Graham, I know you've been trying it out. It's been hard to get it back from you because... <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but you have a chance to win it. This is an $1,100 This projector. isn't the one that Graham was using. No, no, no it's, it's not a brand the new one. one. It's okay. brand new. Go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com and hit on the contest tab to enter and win the Epson Home Cinema 2030 2D 3D Full HD 1020p projector. A lot of, <laughs> lot of stats there. <laughs> Needs, needless to say, it is smoking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Smoking cool? I'm trying to be hip. It's like dry ice. Smoking yeah. cool. There Got you it. go. Malcolm, how's it going? Good morning, guys. Uh, I was just wondering what you thought of Tim Cook, Tim Cook as the leader of Apple versus Steve Jobs. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting, and I think the next two years will be a very telling time for Apple. Tim Cook, I think, has done a fantastic job leading Apple, but he's a very different person than Steve Jobs. Tim Cook is more of uh, an analytical guy. He's more the supply chain 
uh, guy. He, he comes from a background on just operations. Yes. So, so that's what he's really good at. The question is, can Apple still innovate yep. rather than try to, like in tech, you either innovate or imitate. So are they going to be the, the thought leaders bringing new technology or not? Steve, Steve Jobs was a, a visionary. You know, he created products that we didn't even know we needed. Uh, the question is if Tim Cook can do that, and we'll, we'll see in the next year or two. I, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Steve Jobs obviously was amazing in that regard, but he obviously wasn't the only person there at Apple innovating. He had teams of people that put these products together. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what Apple can develop over the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think from a business perspective, they're killing it right now. Yeah. I mean, they're selling tons of iPhones and iPads and iOS devices. You know, their devices are kind of the gold standard of, you know, tech in their fields. Quite literally, in the case of the gold iPhone 5S. <laughs> um, the thing about Tim is he's a, he's a team guy, Yeah. right? You'll notice that when he takes the stage on the keynote, he's not a terribly strong presenter. He's not Steve Jobs in that respect, but he yields the stage to the rest of his staff. So we always get to see Johnny Ive in the, in the video, and then we see Craig Federighi, right? We see Phil Schiller, and these guys are up there, and they're showing the innovation that Apple actually is bringing to the table. And Phil had a bit of a snide comment last time, which was, uh, can't innovate? My rear end. He actually didn't use that word, but, uh, you know, talking about the new Mac Pro. Yeah, and that's, I think- that's an amazing computer, that, if you've seen that. It's, it's stunning. They, the video that they put out for it's just gorgeous. But it's one of those things where I think Tim Cook is uh, doing as good a job as Steve Jobs did, just in a different way. Yeah, those are big shoes to fill. So, yeah, yeah, they are. yeah, but you, you brought up the innovation in that new Mac Pro uh, desktop computer. You know, Go online and have a look at that thing. It is amazing from an engineering and just design perspective. It really changes what desktop computers uh, look like and, and how they're built yeah. as well. And you think about the lightning connector, you know, they just announced that they're going to make USB reversible and that's already here, you know, and they're like, you know, in, a, in about two years, we're going to have reversible USB yet the lightning connector has already done that, you know, so by the time it comes out, it'll be four years old. So talk about, you know, leading the way in terms of uh, creating uh, innovative products and solutions. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more of your calls and questions. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by our friends at London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Burrard, Graham Williams. Going to jump here to the phone lines. We're taking your calls and questions, 604-280-9898-1877-399-9898. Anywhere else in Canada? We'll uh, see if we can hit Dan here in North Vancouver. Hey, Dan. Hi. Hi. I bought one of these Kindle White papers. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize when I ordered one of the books on Amazon that I didn't have enough power in the Kindle White. Yeah. And it downloaded it into cloud. Okay. But I went to the uh, manual, but it doesn't say how to download from cloud to your li- regular library. Okay. I've got good news for you. This one's easy. You're going to need to log into your Amazon account, go to My Kindle, and you'll see all of your books that you've purchased in the cloud there. You want to click on the title and click Send to My Kindle. It will actually re-push the book out to your Kindle. You should also be able to go to the cloud setting on your Kindle Paperwhite and select the book and just click on it and click Download as well. So he's got to make sure that his Kindle is hooked up to his Wi-Fi in his home? That's correct. Yes. And you can do that going to the settings, so you'll want to know what your Wi-Fi router's name is and the password mm-hmm. for that. So you can do that in the Kindle itself, in the settings, or you can go right onto your computer 
and to your Amazon account. It's one of the reasons why I actually like the 3G Kindle, because you don't need to have it on the network, and anywhere in Canada it yeah. will actually push directly <clears throat> to your Kindle. And you don't have to pay any data fees for that. No. I, it's uh, so small, right, the yeah, data? Yeah, so they're, they're very, very insignificant as far as data. I bought one for my dad because it's one of those things where having him sort of roam around, it actually works anywhere in North America. So when he goes down to Florida, he gets bored on the beach. He calls me up and says, I want a new book. So I just purchase it on Amazon, send it to his Kindle. He gets it about 30 seconds later. It's... Um, like magic, and I like You're that. like gram support. <laughs> <laughs> Going to jump here to Darcy and Delta. Hey, Darcy. Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, I um, have a BlackBerry Z10, and I noticed that when I try to download some applications from, you know, BlackBerry World, they, they often ask me, uh, before it will uh, work, they want to share files and pictures and data, and, and I just said to hell with it. I just don't want to do that. What what are they trying to do by asking all of this permission? Cover their butts, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. It, it's um, essentially they're harvesting data for the NSA. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, essentially, most of these apps, if they are looking to communicate with people who are in your contact list. What the, what the BlackBerry is doing is it's asking permission for that app to go into your contact list and do that. If you say no, then that feature won't work. If the app is something photography-related, let's say that it puts filters on pictures that you take, it has to be able to access your photo roll to do that. Um, so essentially what it's doing is it's just saying, this is what I need in order to work with your phone if you want the app to do what it's supposed to do. If you don't want it to do that, you've got a couple of choices. You can say no to any of those things and some features won't work, or you can delete the app. It's not really anything to be terribly afraid of. Most of the things in the BlackBerry App World uh, store are vetted by, by BlackBerry themselves, so you should be in fairly good state. Yeah, uh, it's un- unfortunately, <laughs> like when you deny some of those permissions, the app doesn't work that well, Yeah, right? You guys hear what happened with uh, Google? They have a, a flashlight, so the number one popular app uh, on Android. And uh, they've been taking all this information and selling it to advertisers. You know, the flashlight unro- people? <laughs> the, the flashlight <laughs> app. And they've been taking all this information, tracking everything. And so now they're getting in big trouble for, for that. So a lot of uh, app developers, they, they do some sneaky things. So you need to get that vetted, like Graham mentioned. Uh, iTunes is really, Apple's really good at that. Uh, BlackBerry as, as well. Uh, Android, not so much. There's some bad apps out there. Well, that's the thing. With Android, you get the freedom, but you also take the risk that comes with it. Yeah. Scott, how are you? Oh, oh hi there. Um, I've um, got a question about, um, I'm listening, I use headphones with uh, my iDevices. Yeah. And some iTunes, well, some tracks I download, even if I bump the volume, I use iTunes to bump the volume. I, still not quite enough. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions short of buying a headphone app, and if so, what would you recommend? Yeah, that is a challenge. I mean, people are listening to all sorts of different types of media on their uh, portable devices, their iPhones and iPods and things like that. And unfortunately, you know, the sound levels can sometimes be inconsistent between different files. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that with a lot of the videos that I load onto my iPad. So, uh, you know, the volume only goes so high, essentially, on uh, your device. And other than that, you know, you can try different types of headphones like the in uh, earbud earbuds, uh, you know, better uh, noise canceling headphones. Andy, other thoughts? Believe it or not, there are headphone amplifiers out there that you use that goes between your device into the amplifier, amplifies the sound up, and then it can go into your headphones. The other way is to get new headphones. I know you've been trying the Harman Kardons. Carmen? Yeah. The Harman Kardons, uh, and those are fantastic. Oh, my God. I know they're expensive. How, how much are those things? Well, they're like, like $400. Oh, okay, but those are life-changing. Yeah. Oh, my God, because I, I do a lot of traveling, and on the airplane, you know, kind of that loud droning noise. 
these things are amazing. They just like tune the world out, mm-hmm. and they're Bluetooth and wireless and and oh so good. But the um, the amplifiers you're talking about, these are little things that plug into the headphone jacks yeah. before you, it hits the uh, the iPhone or iPod. Exactly. And it amplifies the sound. Just like you would have an amplifier in your home theater. Yep. It does it pretty much the same concept, and it makes that sound come up. There, there actually may be a software solution here as well. You want to check on your iPhone and make sure that you don't have the volume uh, leveling set too low. It also has a lockout for uh, hearing protection. You want to make sure that if you've got that on, you may want to just bump the volume up a little bit. Second thing that you can do is jump into uh, either iTunes or just take a look at your, your MP3s uh, as they stand, and you can run them through uh, just a little bit of a, uh, a volume booster. Uh, there's a couple of programs out there that will do that. They're available in the Mac App Store. They're available online for download as well. Volume and, booster. Yeah, and it'll just give you a little bit of a... Do a search for that. Yeah. Going to take one more break, and then we'll get some more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Hey, you're back with Get Connected. Mike, Andy, and Graham here today in studio. Taking a few more of your calls. Eric from New West. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. A uh, couple of quick questions. First of all, thanks for your show. Um, very helpful. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to connect by smart TV and control it through uh, Project TV uh, with either a smartphone or a Nextbook 7, I think it's called. I'm wondering, is one of those two devices better than the other for streaming? My iPhone 5 versus a Nextbook 7? Okay. Uh, Nextbook or Nexus 7? I think it's called, yeah, Nexus. I think actually Nexus okay. 7. I think and what kind of TV do you have? Uh, it's a Philips 50-inch LCD with smart TV built in. Cool. And do they actually have apps? They do, but only a couple that actually seem to work. I've got YouTube on there, which I've been able to connect to my iPhone that way, uh, yeah. control the, the YouTube that way, searches, yeah. which is a lot easier, by the way. Yeah. Um, and um, But what I'd like to be able to do is stream onto Project TV, and I'm not sure if it's if it's possible to connect the same way, like with the Bluetooth and the phone, Yeah. Uh, like wirelessly, or if I'd have to hardwire into that and... The other part is, how do I get Project TV to actually stream for me? I've, I've seen Project, other people do Project it. TV. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with that, Graham? I've never been to Project TV. Project so TV. Right now. So Project TV is a, is a website that yeah. streams different types of shows. I use it all the yeah. time. They got everything. Project TV. Project TV. It's kind of like they're trying to make TV free. They want you to cut the cord and basically get everything you want. So it streams. Now, to get the actual stream, you have to go through all these ads uh, pop-ups that come up, yeah. but once you get through that, you're you're good to go. So pretty much everything. I decided I'm going to go through every Seinfeld episode because I've probably missed some. So I'm just going to start from the beginning and go right to the end. So All on Project that's, TV. That's a website. It's a website. Uh, you know, if you can bring it up on your iPhone or Nexus Seven. Yeah. Um, can it be streamed to the Philips TV, or can we get a box or something that'll allow him to do that? Yeah. Um, I do know like YouTube, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize that YouTube, you could actually use the app on your smartphone and then push that content to your smart TV yeah. with inside the app. It's actually really, really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to do it, but you might want to get uh, a streaming box and then use it from there. Cause project TV is a, is a web-based. So um, if you either hook your computer up to your TV or use a, a separate box with the web browser, that's the best way. Or if your Philips uh, or Smart TV hacks he has a web browser in it, you might want to try that as well. Uh, it seems like the Nexus 7 is probably going to be the, the better choice for the type of hardware and the type of streaming that he's looking to do. Yeah? Yeah. Just because... It's, it's more adapted handling different web pages. It, it's if it's streaming from a web-based source. I mean, myself personally, the way that I would do this, I've got you know an iMac at home and I've got an Apple TV. I can actually stream my full screen 
uh, to my Apple TV, so that would be the solution there. Yeah. But if you don't have a Mac and you're not looking to buy an Apple TV, then that's not a solution for you. The Nexus 7 and Chromecast is probably a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another way, um, and you'll have to pardon me because I forget the name of the thing. It's actually made by Philips as well. It's a little uh, device that hooks up to your um, uh, your TV, kind of like a dongle, and then uh, and also your laptop. Yes. And it'll stream anything like your screen on the laptop directly to the TV. I think it goes for like 120 bucks or something like that. I'll have to look up the name of, of that. There, there are a few out there that do uh, wide-eye, which is wireless display. Yep, and you have to it. have an Intel processor in your computer that's capable of doing wide-eye. Yep. But you do that, and it creates a direct Wi-Fi connection to this, the, this either the TV if it's got wide-eye built in or to the wide-eye. Dongle. Um, yeah, break yeah, box. Little device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's made by Philips as well. Uh, you'll want to, if you want to just Google that uh, quickly, you can see if uh, uh, that's up there. If not, I will try to. Uh, I actually got one at my house. <laughs> that's right. Yes. So uh, I'll uh, bring that name up uh, on the on the next show. The contest one more time, Andy. We got fifty <clears throat> seconds. We're giving away the Epson Home Cinema twenty thirty HD projector. Believe it or not, this is fantastic. You got to go to our website to check it out and enter to win. It's eleven hundred dollar projector, and we're going to be giving away one. So on our website, go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Hit on the contest tab to enter and win the Epson Home Cinema 2030 projector. Great prize. want to thank all the people that put the show together. My uh, co-hosts, Andy here and Graham. Andy, thanks for producing the show. Chad on the controls. You're an amazing man. <laughs> You're the wind beneath our wings. Also, Christina Stoyanova on Twitter. Tasia Custodi, Al, Paul Gill, Tristan. Am I forgetting anyone? I think that's about it. That's it. And, and me. That's all. Mike, Andy, and Graham logging off.